Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. What I get the great privilege of is uh, finishing off our series that we've been doing on Ephesians. And it's been six weeks. Six weeks on Ephesians. Wow, I think that's the longest we've ever spent on one on one topic before. But you know, six weeks, six chapters, so uh, that works out works out pretty well. So um, super quick, I'm going to give you the five minute no, the three minute catch up of five weeks worth of preaching. So you just got to just got to stay with me for for a bit. Encourage you that uh, if you missed one of the messages, why don't you check out our podcast? I think they're all there except week one, which we had tech difficulties with. But our um, our heart in our messages is that they've stirred something in you that you would go to the Bible, that you would go to Ephesians, that you would uh, that that they would be like an appetizer, that you would be hungry to get more of God's Word. We, we want it to be more like that appetizer wanting more, not that carb load where you're like passed out on the lounge afterwards going, oh, I think I just want to, I think I just want to sleep. But, but we want to produce that hunger in all of us that we would, that we would hunger after God's Word. So that being said, week one, we spoke about the prayer that Paul, the writer of Ephesians, prayed that he declared over the church. Um, and his prayer was that we would have a confident hope in Jesus and a, and a revelation, not just a head knowledge, although understanding is good, but a revelation is a heart understanding and a head understanding at the same time that we would have this uh, revelation of God's power towards us. Uh, we discovered that if you could boil it all down to one topic, that Ephesians is all about the, the mystery of the church. That is a community of people not brought together by common interests, not brought together by the same stage of life or even cultural or ethnic similarities, but we're brought together by one thing, Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. That's, that's what the church is. And then Ephesians 2, we talked about staying together in Christ. There were some great togethers in that chapter that we've been made alive together with Christ, that he raised us together, that he made us sit together with Jesus Christ and, and that, we, that we stay together by watching the words that we speak and by creating shared experiences with God. Like you can imagine as if you're sitting around the campfire with God and saying, hey God, remember when that thing happened? Remember when, how I prayed and you came through? Remember how I was wrestling with that issue and something and you just came and filled me with strength? This, these these uh, shared experiences together with God. Week three, we talked about that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think and that we can embrace that understanding by knowing that when we were uh, formed with Christ, it wasn't just a little update that God gave us, but we were made brand new. The New Testament term used a lot of times is that we were born again. It was so new that it was like we were birthed again. And then uh, week four, uh, Rachel shared a phenomenal message about our clothing, about putting off the old, putting on the new, that God has called us to renew our minds, that He wants to transform us by the renewal of our minds. And then finally last week, um, Chris Green, our awesome youth and young adults uh, director, preached an amazing message. What I love about, one of the things I love about Chris is that he just doesn't preach a great message from here, but he lives a great message each and every day. And so he spoke about the fact that we are all called saints. 
and that there's a song that wants to that God wants to put in our hearts to go out and impact people's lives. So, whoo! Hope you all got that. That's five weeks in about three minutes. Um, I'm sure it's all in there. But today, I, I wanted to recap that because we're at the final chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians six, and. Um, Paul, who wrote Ephesians, uses a metaphor that if you have grown up um, in church, if you've grown up going to you know, church as a kid, you've undoubtedly made several hundred craft pieces about this. You've probably dressed up as it. You've sang songs about it. You've done all those things. If you have no church experience or background, that, that's totally fine as well. I'll explain it. But it's known as the armor of God. And so that's what happens. Yep, maybe you can remember, you know, I can remember seeing a song in kids' church. I can remember, you know, kids' craft. Parents don't have to answer out loud, but how long do you keep kids' craft for? Is there like a rule that you keep it before it goes to the recycling bin? Do you pick one per year? And that, anyway, we won't, we won't go there because there's children around and they may get offended. But, but we're going to pick it up in Ephesians 6, chapter 10 uh, through to 18. And... I want to let you know beforehand, as we read this, we're going to pay close attention to this idea of standing, this concept of standing. So see if you can pick it up a few times through here. It'll be on the screen behind me as well. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Like I said today, we're going to talk about standing. Uh, I think it's actually pretty underrated. You know, imagine if someone asked you, you know, what talents or gifts that you had, and your response was, well, well you know what? I can stand. That's one thing I can do. I can do really well. You might get a little bit of a, little bit of a strange look. Imagine going for an interview and the selection panel are there sitting in front of you and they're looking through your resume and they're going to the dot points. And just after you've listed your qualifications, they ask, you've listed standing up here as one of, the, as one of your skills, as one of your value adds to this organisation. Can, can you just you know, talk a little bit more about that? You, you get some strange looks, but... Standing is important. In a second, we're going to watch a clip about a man who, among other things, he was really good at staying on his feet. If you're a bit of a sports nerd, you may know this one already. Um, it's an Australian Olympian. It's from the 2002 Salt Lake uh, Winter Olympics. And so the choices, so we're going to get that video ready to play in a second. The choices were have it with Roy and HG's commentary, which was not exactly appropriate for a Sunday morning. Uh, all have it with no commentary, so I will, I will commentate for you. So if we can throw that 
that clip on the screen, Charmaine? That would be amazing. So this is uh, ice speed skating. This is the final, and the Aussie is a guy called Stephen Bradbury. Who remembers how this goes? A few people. He wasn't born in 2002, so you have no idea how this goes. All right, so we see they've started off. Now, you know, Stephen's in the back there, uh, right at the back. He's doing, doing pretty well. The Canadians are in the front, and... Team USA, you know, it was in Salt Lake City, so it was in the States. And so they're, they're going around. Now, Stephen Bradbury, in the semi-final, he had a bit of a strategy. He was like, you know what, I'm not the fastest guy. I probably won't win the semi. So what do I do? His, his thought pattern in the semi was, I'm going to stay at the back. That's my an unusual strategy. But he was like, I'm going to stay at the back and then... I'm going to see if they all fall over, and if they all fall over, then I'll go through and I'll win the semi and I'll be into the final. Okay, so that was his, that was his strategy in the semi. Now we're at the final. We're at four laps to go. Uh, I reckon we're now at three laps to go. Can we get a little bit of cheering like we're watching the Olympics? We're like, come on. All right, we're three laps to go. It's a minute, a minute nine, two laps to go. Stephen's still in touch there a little bit. He's at, he's at the back. What about an Aussie, Aussie, Aussie? Yeah, so one lap to go. Oh, he's dropping back a little bit. Now, if you know what's coming, you know this is, this is brilliant. His strategy is... Oh, 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 oh. And... Hey! And that, my friend, is the first Australian gold medal in the Winter Olympics ever. That's true, I didn't make that up. I'm not making this stuff up. Absolutely true. Who remembers that? Who wants to go home and um, YouTube the Royan HG um, commentary of that and then repent later? Me. Oh, may have watched it last night. But anyway, it's um, amazing. Amazing. Stephen Bradbury. It is called Chucking a Bradbury. In fact, um, actually, if you, if you want to, it's, it's quite interesting because he went through a whole bunch of mental health issues after this. No, no, this is true, including depression. And he's, he's actually a motivational speaker now who talks about this being, being a pivotal point in his life. But anyway, we won't get sidetracked with that for the moment. The point I was trying to make is that Stephen Bradbury knew the value of staying on his feet. Staying on his feet. And so some people may knock him but he's the one with the gold medal on the mantelpiece at home or out in the, that's going straight to the pool room, out in the pool room, and you can have all the gifting, you can have all the talent, you can have the you know, awesome tight things that they, that they wear, the speed skates ready to go, but if you can't stay on your feet, it amounts to nothing or not a gold medal. And so Paul is writing in Ephesians, and he has the same idea. Uh, I'm sure he knew what you know, Chucking a Bradbury was back then, but he has the same idea of this power of standing. Verse 11 that we read before uh, told us to stand against the wiles, and another translation of that is the strategies of the devil or of the enemy. Verse 13 said, and having done all, to stand. Verse 14 said, stand therefore, another version uh, said, st says, stand your guard dressed in that armour of God. So as I said before, Paul's closing picture for the whole of Ephesians is that of a soldier dressed in armour 
ready for battle. Well, when he originally wrote this to the, the, the church at Ephesus there, the immediate image that would have come into their minds uh, as they were reading would have been of a Roman soldier because they were part of the Roman Empire. They, they would have seen these soldiers on almost a daily basis. And around the empire, people and nations feared the Roman armies due to their fighting ability. Their army was highly disciplined, was expertly trained, and was organized to operate like a well-oiled machine. The army went into a battle in a block formation. Each block would march in step, moving as a single unit, responding to trumpet calls. You know, when we think of this uh, concept of standing, we tend to think of it like a defensive position. We think about, you know, maybe a giant wave crashing over us and we're just going to try and stand strong. We're going to try and stand our ground and not get, you know, sucked out into the surf or, or something like this. But this was not the Roman army's idea of standing firm. To stand firm against the enemy onslaught, the Roman army would link shields and move into what they called a tortoise formation. This formation, they say, was very effective against the cavalry, very effective against chariots. The soldiers assisted each other by standing uh, firm until the charge was over, and then they would immediately counterattack. I'm not sure what's been happening maybe in your world this week uh, or this month or maybe even across the course of, of this year or a longer season in time, but I believe that there are people here this morning that God wants to encourage you to stand. Even though there's an enemy onslaught coming against you, even though it seems like circumstances are just stacking up against you, there is an encouragement that God wants to bring to you this morning, and that encouragement is to stand. Maybe for you there's family members, sons, daughters, husbands, wives, brothers, aunties that are struggling. Maybe they aren't in relationship with Jesus. Maybe you feel like there's no way through. Maybe you feel like you've been praying, but it seems like they're getting further away from God. But God wants to encourage you this morning that it's time to stand. Amen. It's time to stand. That's what God has for us. For others here, maybe there's health complications. Maybe you're believing for miracles in your own body. Maybe you're believing for miracles in friends, in family members. Naturally speaking, it might not be looking good. But I want to tell you this morning, God wants to encourage you that it's time to stand. There's something about standing. There's power in standing. For others, you could be facing some challenges in relationships. Maybe your friendship has turned sour. Maybe you're estranged from family members. Maybe there's feelings of isolation and loneliness that are all around you all the time. Maybe you feel like there's no hope. But I want to encourage you this morning. God wants you to stand. There is power that He has for us that no matter what is going on, no matter what is against us, no matter what circumstances fill our lives, there's a power in standing. But with the weight of all this against you, you might be thinking, well, well, well I, I don't know if, how, if I can do it. I think I'm out of strength. I don't think I'm actually able to stand. Well, here's some good news. The first verse that we read, Ephesians 6.10, says to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Uh, I know that one really well because have you ever had one of those, someone said like a throwaway line and for some reason it's just sort of stuck with you. It might have been years ago. For, for me, I was at a, um, uh, like a training emerging leaders conference thing probably nearly 20 years ago because, um, you know, I'm getting towards the 
Anyway, we won't talk about age, but so nearly 20 years ago, right, and um, one of the speakers at it just did this sort of like throwaway line. It was on the first night. He's like, you know, because tonight he was speaking uh, about the topic of strength. And he's like, tonight, you know, why don't you do a word study on the word strength from the Bible? And for whatever reason, because, you know, preachers, they, they hopefully give us a lot of take-home things. I know everyone here always, you know, puts everything into practice that we talk about, like every, every single week. But, you know, I would have heard a lot of things like that. But for some reason... I actually did this one. It actually stuck. And from the bunch of verses that I looked up and researched and got the concordance thing, I went, okay, where's strength in here? This one from Ephesians 6.10 was one that stuck. And ever since then, it has added great value. It's, it's been a rock that I've turned to. It's built a foundation in my life that, you know, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And so what I want to encourage you is, this is very simple, but it says be strong. Now here's the bit to underline or all caps if you're taking notes on the phone. These three words, in the Lord. Be strong, what? In the Lord. That's right. So often I know for me we try and do things in our own strength. We try and work it out ourselves. We try and power through. We just sort of grit our teeth and, and go for it and I'll just get through this. But God says to be strong in Him. God says to be strong in Him. How, how do I do that? I do it by laying down my ways, laying down my thoughts, laying down my will and taking up His ways, taking up His thoughts and taking up His will for my life. I do it by praying prayers like, God, what are you calling me to do in this situation right now? And then wait for it. What we do is we shut up and then we actually listen to God. You know, come on, I catch myself doing this all the time, like, God, come and move, and I need this to happen, and I need this, and it's just like this, you know, verbal, like, blah, 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 and I feel like God's just, you know, lovingly, of course, you know, sitting up in heaven, tapping his foot, going, will you just shut up? Like, are you finished yet? All right, now you're ready to listen. There's strength that is found where? Not in ourselves, but in the Lord, in the Lord. God says to be strong in Him. And so what, what I want to do today is give you uh, two thoughts really quickly. And then we're going to take a moment to, to pray together. And I believe this is going to be a powerful moment for us. Um, but the first one is this, which we've pretty much covered already. Number one is this, that God has strength for you personally. He has strength for you personally. Not only does Ephesians 6.10 tell us to be strong in the Lord, but it continues and it says, uh, in the power of what? Of His might. His might. It's God's strength and it's God's might that we access to be able to stand no matter what the enemy throws against us. It's not in my own strength. It's not in my own might, but I find it in God. I find it in Him. And one of the greatest ways that I've found that He fills us with strength and might is through His Word. Not just by reading Bible stories, although that's good, but by, by meditating on it, by letting it pour over our hearts and mind, by reading it, by 
thinking about it, by laying down the phone and saying, Facebook opinion can go aside. I'm going to hear what God's opinion is. By laying down the you know, gossip or laying down whatever words have been floating around from other people and saying, no, no, I'm going to find out what God says about this situation. I'm going to find out what God says about my life. I, I, I want to encourage you, if you don't already, get a, get a pen ready or your phone ready. Here's a, here's a bunch of scriptures about standing that as you build them into your life, what do I mean by that? As you read them, as you think about them, as you go, you know what, I, I want to see strength come from God. I want to see His might come in and impact my life. Something amazing will happen. Romans 5.2 is this great scripture that talks about a standing in, in grace. It says, through whom talking about Jesus, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We stand in the grace of God. We stand in His power, in His strength. 1 Corinthians 15.1 talks about standing in the gospel. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. There is strength and might that's found in God's Word, that's found in God's, um, in God's revelation for you, and we can stand in the gospel. 2 Corinthians 1.24, we stand in faith, not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, because it is by faith you stand firm. Come on, God has personal strength for you this morning through His Word, through His, uh, his life towards us. What, what, what about this one? We stand in courage and strength. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. I, I, I want to tell you, there's, there's a courage that's found in Christ. There's a strength that's found. There's a boldness that is found in Jesus. We lay aside our weights, as we lay aside our worries, as we lay aside wanting every all our ducks just to line up so we can do what we want to do and going, God, you know what? I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to understand that it's your strength, that it's your life in me. We stand in liberty. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We stand in unity. Philippians 1.27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. God has strength for you personally. Come on this morning. I, I, I want to just spirit impart some strength to some people because God has strength for you. His Word has strength for you. Whatever you're facing, whatever's going through your life right now, there is a strength from the Word of God that wants to come and fill you so that you can stand in grace, so you can stand with favour, so that you can stand in courage, so that you can stand in boldness. But not only does God have strength for us personally, number two is this, is that God has strength for you in community. Not only is there strength personally, but there's a strength that God has for you in community. Remember that we said Ephesians could be summarized as being all about the mystery of the church. Well, Paul didn't wrap it up all with a picture of a, you know, basically a Roman soldier by accident. He was showing us something powerful, and he was showing us that the strength to stand is found, yes, by putting on that full armour of God. Yes, by understanding that God has strength for us personally, but also 
knowing that you're part of something so much bigger than yourself, that impact of the mystery of the church. There is strength for you personally, but I want to tell you there's strength for you in community. We've talked about this before and we're growing, you know, as a church community here and it's easy, our, our heart is that it's easy for people to come in, that we are open, that we are hospitable, that we are friendly, that we smile at people. It's amazing that we smile at the people on stage as they're preaching, that we smile at people as they're, as they're leading worship because we are open, we are generous, we are hospitable. We introduce ourselves to people we don't know. Introverts, don't rage at me. Maybe the person you introduce yourself is also an introvert. And so you can just have a little introvert time. I'm one slightly naturally. And, you know, and, and, and it's okay. But we have this generosity of hospitality at our church. We, we believe that it's core to what we do. But, but not only are we open, but we're also tight. You see, in the world, usually when it's really open and it's easy to get into, it can be a bit shallow. And then the opposite is true when it's really tight, like it's, it's tight, like we've got each other's back. Um, I'm sure you've all walked into a room or walked into a group or joined a club or joined something, and you're just like, ooh, okay, I'll just do the Homer Simpson back into the hedge right here now. I'm not, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what's going on, what's going on here. But not only are we open for people to come in, but we are tight. We have each other's back. We pray for each other. We understand that we encourage one another. If someone speaks poorly of someone else, we don't engage in it. We shut it down. We say, really? That doesn't sound like someone like that person to me. It doesn't sound... I, I keep going to say a name, but then I remember there's someone called that name in our church, so I can't use that. I, that doesn't sound like Fred. No one Fred here. Excellent. That doesn't sound like Fred to me. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like... I, I can't get Judy out of my head. It's definitely not Judy. That doesn't sound like Judy... To me, why? Because not only are we open and hospitable for people to come, but we are tight-knit. We have each other's back. We pray for each other, not in just like a Christian pat you on the back, praying for you, brother, but I'll never think about it again until I see you next Sunday. No, no, we pray for each other. Why? Because there is strength in community. The strength of the Roman soldiers was not just their personal skills, trainings, and weapons, but it was the fact that they were together. They were together. The smallest building block of the Roman army was known as a tent group. That was eight men who shared a tent. They fought side by side. You know, if you're sharing a tent with seven other guys, you, you get, there's not many places to hide, right? You're going to know a bit too much about each other. So, you know, right now is the time where we're going to announce about our new life group structure where we share tent. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But there's, there's power in shared relationship. There's power in shared community. God has power for you personally, but I want to tell you, it's, it's never enough just on your own. It's never enough just on your own. There is power and there is strength in community. I, I want to encourage you. Would you we're, we're, we're working on creating more, but would you join a life group? Would you be part of serving on a team, not just to get tasks done, but through it, you build connection with people. Through it, you build relationship with others through it, you have a group of people that will be tight knit with you, that will have your back. You find connection and strength from others as we stand firm together. 
And let's not forget that God has called us to be a local church here, but are also part of what we call the capital C church. That is every believer at every time in every place that the Bible talks consistently that we are brought together as one family, regardless sorry, of ethnicity, of social economic status, of personality, of hobbies, of politics, of Enneagram number, whatever it is, we're brought together as one by Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who descended on earth, who lived a perfect, sinless life, who sacrificed his life on a cross for you, for me, who overcame sin and death, who was raised to life and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. That means prayers, that He thinks and He prays for us, that we are one family with every believer across time, across space, across any part of the world. That's the capital C Church. That is the Church Universal. There is strength in that community and there is strength in the community right here. So this morning as we wrap up and the worship team joins me, it all begins that entrance into that family right across the world is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I'd just love you to uh, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask if there's someone here who wants to join the many people here that have made this decision to follow Jesus Christ, made this decision to make Jesus Christ their Lord and their Saviour. If that's you, if you've never made that decision before, or it's been a long time, you know that there's been a disconnection that has come, would you just slip your hand up right now where you are? I'll see your hand. You can put it down, and then we'll pray together as a church family. Is there someone like that this morning who wants to say this prayer, say yes to Jesus, say, you know what, I want to be part. I want to be part of this family across the globe, across time that calls Jesus Christ Lord. Is there someone like that this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. I'd love to invite you to pray this prayer out loud. Would you repeat it after me? Would you say, dear Lord Jesus, this morning... I give my life to you. From this day forward, I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow your ways. And I'm going to live my life according to your way. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Right across this place, I'd love to invite every single person to stand. Uh, in a moment, the team's going to sing a powerful song about Jesus being our living hope. But, but I really feel this morning that there's some people that, you know there's some things going on in, in your life, there's some things going on in your world, and you just need to stand. You need to be reminded of that strength.